Welcome to the Strategic Talent Management People Solution Podcast. We solve your people challenges. People are the most important ingredient for your business or organization's success. We believe the way to take your organization to the next level begins with knowing your people and yourself. Welcome to another episode of Strategic Talent Management's People Solutions Podcast. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Drew McKellen, owner of Agency Management Institute. We had a situation about six months ago in a search that I'd like to get your take on, and it involves a combination of social media and politics. Okay, bring it. (laughs) I think the one thing we can all agree on in politics right now is it's very divisive, and people are ridiculously passionate about whatever side they're on. And there's and, and, and there's clearly sides and not a lot of room in the middle. Yes. Right. So we were conducting a search for a key leadership position for an organization with the owners are very involved in the local Republican party. And when the Trump bus came through the area, they invited them to visit their business and they posted that on LinkedIn. A few months later, we're doing a search for this key leadership position and we lost two out of our four because they saw that post. Yeah, but, he, but here's the deal. So a lot of people will say, you know what, you should stay apolitical. You shouldn't express your opinions. They're gonna find out who you are anyway. So I would rather lose them in the search than have them quit two months later when the Trump bus pulls back up and they're <laughs> like, what the heck, right? So I, I, I am a firm believer in as the philosopher Popeye used to say, I is what I is. And so I just think you need to be who you are as blatantly as you can, as early as you can, because what it does, and I think this is true for prospecting for clients too. What it does is it says, yeah, like me or not. Cause if, if, you, if you don't like this, it doesn't get better as you get to know me more. So just see what you see and either you're drawn to me or you're not, or my business or you're not. And that's okay because otherwise it's exhausting either as a human being or as a business to try and hide what you actually are and believe. And there's no reason, regardless of what you, what you are or what you believe, we all have the right to be that. And so I just think, I don't think you, I don't think you want to be offensive on social media about your beliefs. I don't think you want to be attacking, but I think you should be very, and I'm not saying like, I don't, I don't know that I have ever on social media publicly stated my political preferences, but I do talk about organizations and causes and issues that I'm sure people can figure out sort of where I, where I land. Um, so I don't think you have to like make a big statement about it. I just think you have to be genuine. So I actually think it was good that those people bailed before they interviewed with these people and then went, oh my God, no, right? Good. I'd just like to comment that, that this is um, almost exactly the same thing when looking for a girlfriend. According to the great philosopher Popeye, I is what I is. You either like yeah. it or you don't. <laughs> that is why I've been single for many years. <laughs> what other questions do you guys have for me? Yes. So I'm going to ask this question on behalf of a client of mine. Okay. Um, it, it's not the first time I've run into this kind of dynamic. And I think it's because... Um, I work well with people that get the fact that it's more than just one aspect of 
the organization that they end up selling, whether that's for talent recruitment or for, you know, prospecting. They're, um, they're, it's a tech company that's part of the supply chain and they're doing actually very well right now. And um, they're also in the process of um, really revamping and rethinking their product okay. um, and, and going very well, but it's caused kind of a crisis of, of identity and it's forced them as an organization as they grow and decide where they want to grow and how they want to grow, um, how they're going to communicate their brand, mm -hmm. um, their culture, and which, more importantly, which of what I would call the three Ps, um, product, process, or people, which do they lead with? Um, they're very much a family kind of centric, um, people-driven organization. And when they hire, they those people stay on. So there, there's definitely some good decisions happening there. And whenever they're able to actually get in front of a client and then actually win that contract, it's usually for, you know, a long, you know, decade long kind of relationship, yep. which is all okay. very positive. The problem is, is getting to the point of sign, signing on. And that's true with both people and with, um, you know, with employees and with, with prospects. So I'm not, you know, I've, the way that I've guided them um, as a writer is, is testimonials, case studies, ways to basically um, demonstrate, act as opposed to tell. Yeah. Um, but, the, but what they're running into, and, and again, this is happening internally as well as this kind of a shift in what they want to, who they think they are, um, is, well, what do we lead with and how do we quantify these yeah. kind of very abstract ideas, which is what the people bring to that, you know, process yep. and yep. the process itself, which has been definitely um, uh, fine tuned because of the people that are involved. All okay. positive, but what do you do? Okay. So brand is never the what, it's never the product. Mm -hmm. right? Brand is either how we do it different or mm -hmm. why we do it different. Okay. Right. So, so what, and so my guess is that what's happening is they're not articulating, I, they're trying to articulate all of it, which means that I'm confused about who they are, right? So I think what it, what it takes, and maybe this is something you can help them with, I think it takes sort of a guided, so in my agency, like all agencies we have sort of, we've built sort of a proprietary uh, branding process that we would take a client through to help them discover their brand. I don't think we invent brand. I think a brand is already there. It's really a peeling of the onion to get to the heart of the brand. So I think an outside, but I often think it requires an outsider to facilitate that journey because you can't see accurately when you're in, you can't see the beer bottle label accurately if you're inside the beer bottle, right? And so they just can't unknow what they know and they can't unknow their biases, but with good questions and a good process, you might be able to guide them through that, but it really will end up being, here's how we do it different. So that when you work with us, this is what you will experience that is different than anyone else. Or here's why we do it differently. We do it differently because we are family owned and we believe in long-term relationships and we have those with our employees and with our clients. And, and we know that in long-term relationships, sometimes you have to be the giver and sometimes you receive and it all balances. You know, like I can hear the narrative of that, yeah. which as a writer, I know you're already hearing it in your head, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that's the problem is that they have to land on a how or a why. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> you mentioned uh, sort of the outsider helping with brand. 
And I was wondering what would your perspective on how to help affect companies' culture? Because it's hard to bring someone on to do that, but yeah. it's an important piece to work on. No doubt. Um, so, so I think culture is about, I think culture should be born. So in agencies, in your world, in, in our shared world, culture is often built around play, right? It's uh, Cinco de Mayo. It, it involves food and liquor and goofy games and paper airplane contests and things like that. Because really anybody in our business is a child in a grown-up's body. So that's number one. But I really think culture steps way back from that. And I think it starts with your core values and what you want the experience to be for your employees. So for example, let's say, so uh, one of my core values at my agency is the guys in the white hats win. So in our industry, a lot of people think agency people are, you know, shady and there's been all kinds of articles and accusations about agencies double dipping with media commissions and all that kind of stuff. And so in my world, I want my agency, and I want my employees to know that I'm going to be a good guy. And sometimes that means the agency sacrifices. Sometimes it means I sacrifice, but I'm, I'm going to try and be a good human being in this. So then I start thinking about, well, what does that show up in? How does that show up in the benefits? How does that show up in my flexibility around time off? How does that show up in other things? So I think it all starts with the values. And then you start thinking about, okay, let's look at all the ways we interact with employees from the initial interview to an exit interview and all the days and years in between. And how do we weave those values into evaluations, into conversations, into one-on-one -on -one meetings, into how our team meetings look, into all of that? And once you do that, that's like the heart part of it. Then you can do the play part of it. That's easy, right? But I think a lot of agencies just go right to the play, but they don't really think about how their values manifest themselves in really tangible ways. Like I should be able to walk into your office and say, what two things? One, tell list the agency's values, and your employees should be able to list them off. Which means they can't be three hundred, and they can't be a paragraph each. They need to be single sentences and no more than I would say five. Okay, so first they have to list them. Then I say, okay, give me an example this week where you saw that one of those values in action. And if they can't tell you that, that's a culture problem, hmm. right? So to Martin's little successes, I have some agencies that, do, I have a lot of agencies actually, and Greg, you may have heard this in the peer groups. Um, uh, Stacy, I think does this um, in your peer group, um, where the employees recognize each other for living out the values. So they're sort of attaboying or attagirling each other. And in my agency, we have these little cards. We, we, I don't know why we did this, it was so long ago. We, we decided that we were gonna identify every month the supreme bean I really don't understand why we did this, but everybody is a different kind of bean. I'm a kidney bean because I get kidney stones. Somebody else is a coffee bean. So when you get a card, a note from someone saying, thank you for doing this thing tied to this value, you get a, one of their beans with it. And then we all have these jars on our desks that are filled with all of this variety of beans from all the beans that we've gotten over the years. I swear to God, I don't know why. It sounds ridiculous now that I'm explaining it to you, but it works for us. And we started it back in the day when we had no money. We were just starting out. So we had one good office chair. That was it. Everybody else was sitting on crappy chairs. And the, the prize, if you were the supreme bean for the month, was you got the good office chair for the month. Now we've elevated the prizes a smidge. But, um, but the point is, we're constantly recognizing each other, which means I'm always thinking about the values. And I'm looking, like I have a note on my calendar every Thursday. Have I beaned somebody this week? 
And if I haven't been somebody this week, I'm now, I'm now ratcheting my head for interactions over the week to make sure I can bean somebody before Friday. Hmm. So, you could, so you could do a lot of things with employee recognition, I guess is my point. Right, right. and that seems to dovetail kind of nicely with the idea of motivation. Because mm-hmm. um, we often wonder about, you know, I think about, you know, things you read say, if you just pay someone more money, let's just say that's not gonna motivate them necessarily. Actually, it's shown not to motivate them. Well, and honestly, we can never pay them enough money in the agency space. Corporations are always going to be able to pay our people more. So we've got to give them other reasons why they refuse those offers when the headhunters come calling. Mm-hmm. What's do you think the importance of, and sorry if you hear sirens, what's the importance of regularly getting feedback from the team as to sort of their perception of culture and how things stand? Um, I, I believe that culture is actually created by the whole. So I think there are some things that you guys as a leadership team need to bake in that are sort of values-based processes, policies, procedures. But I think, I think how, how you all are together is really born of the whole. So I think it's a good idea to say, hey, you guys, we wanna, we wanna support a charity next quarter. Let's, over lunch, let's brainstorm a charity that we could support and how we can actively do something together. So are we doing a habitat build? Are we going to pet puppies? Are we like, you know, at a shelter? Are we going to read books to kids at an elementary school that don't have access to a lot of books? Like there's a million ways that we can both care for our community and care for our culture. But I think those kind of things are fun to do as a group and maybe, maybe say, okay, we're gonna break up into four teams of three and each team gets to pick a charity for a quarter and decide what we're gonna do. So now everybody is invested, everybody gets their voice heard. Um, so I think most people don't know how to measure culture. So I think if you like put out a survey and say, what's our culture like? I don't think they're gonna know what you're asking. But I think you can say, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you to walk in the door? And, you know, I think those kind of conversations, and there's some great tools out there like Pulse and other things where you can send a one question survey out every week or every month. And maybe that's how you start, but you have to ask really specific, how are you feeling? How are you behaving questions? Not rate our culture one to 10, because that's going to be of no value to you whatsoever. But if everyone's a four when they walk in the door, then you go, okay, we got a problem. So is that a workload problem? Is that everybody's mad at each other problem? Is that a somebody doesn't shower every day problem, which I had at my office once. Um, so, you know, it could be anything. I never thought I would have to talk to a grown up about showering, but you know, those are the joys of owning the business. Or if they wear pants to work. Pants are not required at my office. Not, not in this day and age, now with the Zoom meeting thing. No, you know, in person, I'm pants free as often as possible. That's my rule. <laughs> that was really helpful though. Thank you, Drew, for all that. Sure, of course. What else can I, what else can I be helpful with? I have a, if, if nobody else has a question, right this second. And, uh, this isn't a, well, it is sort of an employer brand question, but I think any number of you could help answer it. Uh, say you have a client who has a team member who's moving, who might be a great fit. You don't want to damage that relationship by offering the hiring opportunity to the client. Uh, so, and they're, they're in the process, they're already in the process of, of replacing her. 
And I said, Drew, go like this. And that was kind of my immediate reaction. Just don't go there. Yeah, that's like dating your best friend's ex-wife. I don't think yeah. that's a good idea at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Any any other comments of that or or I mean, maybe if six months has passed or something like that, like they they're they've clearly separated. She's living wherever she's living, or he's living wherever he's living, and the and the new people are in love with their new person. I think maybe you could broach that topic, but I sure wouldn't do it right now. Yeah, it seems like Sue, we had a situation where somebody had already they were moving anyway. We've got two clients that are hiring out of their out of their clients right now. It's tricky. Yeah, I don't but know. I believe in both cases, those individuals approached them. Saying I'm leaving doesn't matter, and yeah, so we'll see how that all works out. Well, I, 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 you know, it may work out great on the employee, and it may be the right employee, and it's worth it. But you have to be willing to sacrifice the relationship with the client, because at best the relationship changes, and at worst they fire you. Yeah, and I, I remember something like that happened at my, 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 my corporate employer let's see, 30 odd years ago. Uh, but they, they hired a, a, a programmer uh, and uh, he came from a company that was, you know, wasn't customers of our company, but, you know, they were on the same level. We shared things and talked to them all the time. And uh, apparently that employee had, had uh, uh, hidden, hidden some factors about why he was leaving the other company. And when my company found out about it, they fired him and immediately. Yeah. And uh, so he ended up with no job at all. I mean, that, those, that, that story resonated with me for years that those kind of situations are very, very uh, tender. Ten, tenuous, right? Yeah. Pass them by for now. It's hard to do, especially right now, and it's so hard to find good employees. I get it. I, I totally understand the desire, but um, if it's a tiny little client and you don't care if they go away, then maybe you take the risk, but you have to be willing to sacrifice one for the other. Yeah, I think the key there is let some time go by. If, yeah. if they were moving anyway, of course, today everybody's working from home, so that's probably not going to happen, but if they were moving anyway, give it some time. Uh, and I, I still think I might pick up the phone and say, hey, right. you know, Drew just, uh, Drew just applied here and I don't want to damage anything. My gut says not to hire him, but what is there anything I should know or before we continue? I mean, then at that point, after there's been some time, the employer, the former employer might go, no, they were great. Go ahead. We'd be happy to see that they're in a good place and it would be fun to work with them again. Or they might say, uh, you got to be kidding me. So you, you'd have to also be, have pretty high intelli emotional intelligence to read that properly and, and make the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything else on not just the employer branding issue, but really anything. We've got a lot of intelligence sitting here on this screen. Uh, everybody's got different perspectives. I had a question. I think it does kind of relate to employer branding in the sense that, you know, we're located here in Burlington, Vermont, you know, it's a hundred thousand. Is it you know, Vermont? Is that, that's part of Canada, right? Come on, come on. <laughs> I, I wish we could get across the border to Montreal again. We've been shut out for a year. We left going up to Montreal. But um, anyway, the local 
market here for employer uh, employee, you know, conversation is relatively small with a hundred thousand, you know, greater Burlington. And so, you know, we know other agencies, we know employees, other agencies, and as we start to put the word out and maybe start to, you know, have some discreet uh, inquiries as to how, you know, happy somebody might be in their current role, perhaps another agency. I'm cognizant of our brand, uh, you know, here locally, we don't want to be perceived as poaching, uh, you know, from other agencies in our community. So, um, you know, I I would err on the side of being super cautious there, but I'm just curious what uh, thoughts people might have on that. I'm assuming it happens all the time in your market, right, Greg? Um. Not that much, actually, mm-hmm. not directly, you know, from, you know, the, certainly employees have been poached, but from us, um, but from outside primarily, um, you know, as you, to your earlier point, you know, large corporate entities reaching in and headhunting, but, um, you know, very little actual poaching am- amongst the, you know, dozen or so agencies in our area. Huh. Normally that's a hotbed of activity, uh, you know, people hop bed hopping from agency to agency, because in many cases, it's a way for them to accelerate their own career growth and salary. So that's not uncommon. So if in in your market, it is uncommon, Mm -hmm. then I think you're probably right that it would be perceived badly if you were the one to start that trend. Mm -hmm. Now, if you post a job and someone from another agency applies, I think Mm -hmm. that's different. I think that's different than stalking them on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. You want to come over, right? So if they apply, they apply. And then I think you consider them as in, as you would any other candidate. Yeah, yeah, cool. And just to recap, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Colette. Um, just real quick, I'm curious to get people's thoughts on, um, you know, here we are closing hopefully out of the pandemic and the ramifications of that and the office um, will change, has changed, I think yeah. permanently in a lot of ways, um, but, big, big chunk of my practice is, is real estate state driven. So that's whether that's on the broker developer side or on the designer, you know, architect engineering side, it's still about the actual physical space. So the, they need to be able to speak to those owners, building owners and the, the actual tenants, the, the, the uh, companies that are occupying those spaces about what aspects of the physical space in the workplace is still an important sell to to potential um, talent. Can you speak to that? I mean, what do you think moving out of where we are right now in, in 2021, what aspects of the physical space of the work workplace are still important to a um, for uh, either talent retention or retain, retaining? Make sense? <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 think it, I think right now in this moment, it's a little like looking at a baby and saying, I'm pretty sure she's going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I just think there's so much unknown right now that um, we don't know. But I will tell you, collaborative space still matters, mm-hmm. um, gathering space, uh, spaces to have private conversations matter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the configurations may be different, but the, the functionality of an office, I don't think has changed. Mm-hmm. How often we're in that office may change, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But culturally, can you speak to how you think that's, um, I know I'm asking you to, to name the baby's profession here. 
Yes, um, but I will tell you that many, most of my clients are back in the office, mm-hmm. almost all of them. And they're so happy to be back with other human beings. And most of them are in some sort of a hybrid situation in the office, three or four days at home, one or two days. And that seems to be working for all of them if everyone is in the office and at home on the same days. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it is a big, hot, unsuccessful mess. It's interesting. Yeah. I just want to share an example of where space came back to bite the um, president of an organization. They moved into a new space and the uh, CEO decided to put the HR director in the space right next to her, but there is not very good insulation. Oh no. And what it created was a culture of employees felt like they were being spied on and could no longer feel free to go into HR because they were being um, observed. Yeah. Um, so that's just thinking carefully about space and the, the messages it can send is very important. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think we, if we've learned anything in the last 18 months, it's that we need human connection. And so, and, and that this is great, but this is not the same thing. You know, we would be having a much more robust conversation with everybody chiming in and interrupting each other and like a normal conversation if we were all sitting around a table together. And so after a year and a half or a year or six months or however long that business was remote, people are hungry to get back. Now, everybody thinks they loved working at home more, but I think what they're discovering is I actually have more life-work balance when I don't work and live in the same place. I don't work as many hours when I'm not working at home. I am able to enjoy my family or my roommate or my quiet when it's not also my office. And I love the energy and the enthusiasm and the connection and the collaboration of being with people. And so I think, I think for most people, what it's reminded them is there was a reason why we went back and forth and they missed it. But don't you think there's gonna be more of a hybrid situation? I mean, I, customers who would never consider work from home applications in the past are oh, now, yeah. and I, I like, uh, you know, especially like for digital positions, as Sue and I have talked about many times, I mean, many of, not all, but many of those people tend to be introverts. They tend to prefer to work in their corner and where it's quiet and so on and so forth. So I think certain positions make perfect sense for work from home. And we, we really will have to get used to it because as Colette's point, you know, it ain't going back to what it was. No, no, I don't think the genie's, I don't think the genie goes back in the bottle, but I do think, and I know we're wrapping up, um, but I do think then there's a whole different brand and culture conversation around how do you make remote employees feel like a part of the team, especially if not everybody's not remote. It's mm. different when everybody works remote. That's the other thing. We liked remote work when we were all remote. And by the way, when we couldn't go anywhere else, now it's going to feel very isolating when everybody else is at the office having a great time and you know they're standing around the fridge having a beer at four o'clock and you're zooming in for that, that sucks. So now we have to figure out a whole different thing. So maybe Art, we come back and do that another time. But um, that's, what, have, a, have a beer around the refrigerator? Yes, that is what I meant. I'm game. Yeah, I meet, you know, no, actually a scotch. I will meet you for a scotch. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting as always. I mean, it's, it's always interesting. Chris, it looked like you were going to jump in there. I was just talking uh, when, when we're looking at going to the hybrid, um, you're seeing a, a real split in, it, in industries. 
data industries uh, are leaning more towards not bringing their uh, workers back. And in contrast, the financial institutions are saying, no, you got to be back in the office as soon as you can. All, but, all of this is in flux. What I'm telling everyone yep. is don't, don't use the words never or always right now. Yep. None of it is permanent right now. So we just sort of, sort of have to see how it shakes out. And a big part of, if we go with a hybrid, is speaking of culture, remote workers are becoming a subculture within organizations. And a lot of what comes up is the resentment between people who are working in the office and people yep. working from home. And that's something definitely you can address with the right culture uh, within your organization. So it mean, ties in everything Drew was talking about. We really appreciate all of your time today. So thanks, thanks everybody. It was fun. It was a great conversation. Yeah. Good to see you. Thank you, Drew. Thank you. Very valuable. Thanks. So thank you for listening to another episode of Strategic Talent Management's People Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe to get notifications for new episodes. And for more information on strategic talent management, click on the link to our website in the podcast description.